Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. Today's message is chaos. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. So we are going to continue looking in, in Genesis today. Uh, so we'll be uh, there in Genesis chapter 1. Um, I, don't, I don't think you'll, you'll need help finding that uh, in your Bible. You just flip past the table of contents and, and there it is. So <laughs> there is a table of contents. And it, it, it was found in the earliest manuscripts as well, is the table of contents. So <laughs> but uh, we're, we're going to continue. And, and uh, I, I love Genesis. I, I, I love the first um, uh, chapter of Genesis because I, I, I just think it tells us so much about God. And we are going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the tension between science and, and uh, Genesis as well, but I'm not going to dwell on that like we uh, talked about last week um, um, for, for a lot of different reasons, because one, I don't think that's the main purpose uh, of Genesis. Uh, it, the main purpose of Genesis is not to give a, a scientific uh, you know, s- set of, of practices of here's how it, it, everything worked. If that was the purpose then we should spend a lot of time on that. But I don't think it is. I think the purpose is more telling us about God and telling us about the character of God. Um, But I also think that Genesis fits more with science than what uh, uh, the the traditional kind of uh, ideas are out there. We talked about that uh, last week whenever we looked at Genesis, the verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? That it took science years and years and years to finally catch up with that, um, minus the God part. They still won't acknowledge the God part, but but it took science as science developed. Finally, they got to the point that they said, "Oh, there was a beginning, right? That that this hasn't just always been. There actually was a, a beginning where something happened to start creation, right? Um, which includes time." That, that there was a beginning to time, um, which that's way over my, my head. But that's where our science has gotten. As it's developed, it realizes, oh, there was actually a start to time itself. Well, Genesis chapter 1 was saying that a long time ago. So welcome to the, the current understanding of, of the world science. You finally got there, right? But, and it's funny just how we dismiss it. And so now we're going to go and, and, uh, and we're going to talk, we're only going to read the first five verses. So you, you, you get this interesting picture of the world, right? And, and, uh, and that it's, it's covered with water and it's just water. And, and ironically, a lot of scientists feel that at some point the whole earth was basically covered in water, right? Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. We don't know all of that. It's very difficult to understand, but it's possible that it actually matches up scientifically. So, but again, that is not the purpose of Genesis chapter 1. It is not the purpose. And so let's read this, the first five verses of Genesis chapter 1, and it introduces us. Remember, this is if you are first reading this, this is your first introduction to God. Right? This is it. Right? And, uh, and I, if you go way back, and I, I assume they still teach 
Uh, they don't teach math the same way that I learned it, so I don't know that. But I assume they still teach writing and things like that similar, right? Except that you don't write, you just type everything, and you don't, you don't actually write anything. But the first, the introduction, is a very important key piece of anything that you're writing, right? You're basically laying out the main point, the main theme. You don't wait to the end to reveal you know, the, the sum of what you've been doing. Now, it kind of puts it together, but the introduction gives you a good idea of where this paper is going, right? Well, that's, that's kind of what we have here in Genesis. This is saying, okay, this is who God is, and, and it's telling us some very important characteristics of, of God. So it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, and then that's a big transition. That's a, that's a, a different, it's nearly... And I, I kind of agree some with, with this take, is that the creation story is Genesis chapter 1. Then there's a transition now, and everything else that follows is kind of explaining about God uh, in the context of a creation narrative. Right? It says, so now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good. He separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, called the darkness night, and there was evening and morning the first day. Now let's, let's think about this. This is some really neat stuff. The earth was formless and empty, or formless and void. Uh, formless and futile. There's different ways to translate those words. Those words are uh, they're pretty cool words in Hebrew. It, uh, tohu vohu is the, the combination of those words. Yeah, that's uh, just kind of funny sounding. Tohu vavohu. That's how you, you say that phrase. Formless and void. What I think the best way to, to describe that is chaos. That that is what it is. And if you think about basically what chaos is, chaos there's, has, has no definition to it. It's, it's hectic. Um, there's, you know, it, it's, a, it's something that kind of brings about fear, about uncertainty. Right? It's a chaotic situation. You can't make anything out of it. And so that, that's kind of the situation that the world at this point, before God has begun to start bringing structure to it, it is in a state of chaos, right? And what is the first thing that God does is he enters into that chaos. So here you have this, the wor world is formless and void, it's chaotic, um, and, and it specifically says darkness was over the surface of the deep, right? So you have the everything, there is no light, everything is dark, uh, but it's, it's kind of a, a, a murky uh, place, a chaotic place. And, uh, and then all of a sudden it has this little glimpse of hope. It says, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That, that word there, Spirit of God, it's like the wind of God. It's the breath of God, right? It's His presence. That it now, and, and all of a sudden this perspective has changed, hasn't it? Because before we're kind of looking outside of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a big picture. But now what has happened? God has moved from the outside. Now he's right in the middle of it. He's hovering over the waters. 
right? And, uh, and so God has entered in to the chaos of creation, <laughs> of the early creation, of the chaos of the world. And he's there, and his presence is there. And, it, and it's, it's filling the place. That, that word, the Spirit of God, it's, it's this very similar word that is used estimate during Pentecost. Remember when the, the breath of God, the Spirit of God rushed through and there were uh, tongues of fire, right? And, and what was that trying to symbolize? It was trying to symbolize this, this spiritual aspect of the presence of God just filling up every space that could be filled, right? And so that's what's happening here is that the presence of God is starting to fill up all of this space. He's entering into this chaos. And what is the first thing that God does is he starts to bring order out of chaos. He starts to put some boundaries. He starts to separate things so that we can start to get our minds around it, right? That's the, the hardest part about chaos. You know, and I, I can remember, uh, you know, there's been times, and, and I've, I use the phrase a lot of times, especially working with kids and things like that, is you're just going for, uh, for organized chaos, Right, because we, we recognize that there's only so much that we can control, but you have to control something, right? You have to set certain boundaries. Now, we tend, depending on your personality, sometimes we go too far with this, right? We want to have everything set, right? Right? That, that there is a, a, a parameter, or a policy, or a boundary for everything. I don't think that's healthy, and I, actually, I don't think that's what's modeled. Uh, in, in the Bible either, but there is a clear need for basic direction and basic guidance that starts to make it clear this is how things are going to work, right? So it, so it, it, it gives us some clarity, you know, and as I, as I think about this, and I think about this idea of chaos, it's, it's a powerful theme because, frankly, we see a lot of chaos right now, Right? We see a lot of chaos in our life. We see a lot of chaos in the world around us. Right? In fact, there are a lot of people who thrive on creating chaos. And I would say to all of us that anything or any person that is creating chaos, that that is not of God. Now, you can kind of take that where you, where you want, but God is the opposite of chaos, right? So if something is happening that is bringing chaos into your life, then that's probably not coming from God, right? And, and I, 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 I see this on a, on a big picture. I think it's very easy to see what's the, I can't remember which politician uh, said it, but you, you never let a good crisis go to waste, Right? <laughs> And, uh, and so any kind of crisis, you use that as an opportunity. Well, there's some, some truth there that you can say, hey, this is, you know, that you can use that to bring awareness. I, I think that we have moved way past the good intentions of that statement to where we are trying to, chaos is being created at every turn. It's, it's like, and, and, and our political system has changed. Used to, people didn't think about politics the way that they do now. It is, it is more encompassing now, right? And I think that's done on purpose. And, and now it's not about, and, and this, is, this is not picking on e any side, and by the way, there's multiple sides to all of this, right? But the way 
that people will try to get you to support them is by making sure there's more chaos and that 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 chaos hopefully pushes you to them because they can solve the chaos. They can bring order to it, which is just a lie, right? And frankly, if you are using chaos to try to get something done, you are not working in godly ways, (laughs) right? And we get caught up in that, and we get caught up in the chaos of our life. And, and I think there's lots of studies now that over the last 10 years or something, people struggle to find purpose and find meaning in life. It's becoming harder, for not just for younger people, but for older people as well. And it's because there's, I think there's more intentional chaos in the world because chaos keeps us from finding meaning and purpose. You need to have structure. You need to have boundaries. You need to have kind of know where things are going in order to be able to find your purpose and your meaning, which is exactly what God was doing in the second verse of the Bible, is that he was entering into chaos and he was giving us purpose and meaning because he was making sense out of all of this chaos. And we live in a world that is trying to bring us back into chaos And we're seeing the effects of it. People are struggling to find their purpose and their meaning. And we've got to go back and say, you know what? The only one that we can find purpose and meaning, the only answer to chaos is the creator of the universe who made order and brought some some sort of semblance and purpose out of the chaos of the beginning. He's still in the business of doing that. God is still a God who enters into the chaos and brings out purpose, right? That he makes, he, he gives us a purpose, he gives us meaning, he starts to make things make sense, he separates things out where we can start understanding things and see th- how things work. That's how we find purpose. That's what gives us clarity. That, now, that doesn't mean that we're still not in a world that is chaotic. Yes, but now we can see our way through. And maybe we can only see a small way through. But we can start to see our way through. That is what God is doing. And I want to stop here and just get, ask you to think for just a moment about chaos in your life. I think a good kind of a, a red flag, right? I mean, that, that's a good, a good term, a warning flag, right? In your life is whenever you kind of have that moment, and we've all done this before, right? where we just, all of a sudden, we sit back and go, oh my gosh, my life is just in chaos right now. It's just, everything is going crazy, right? That is a huge red flag that, okay, you need to step back, and we need to start focusing on the Creator. (laughs) We need to start focusing on God. There can be two aspects to that. You need to look first at yourself and think, And be honest and be brutal and say, am I the cause of the chaos? Right? Because we we, we don't like talking about this, but guess what? You can be the cause of the chaos in your life. And if you don't ever recognize that, then your life is always going to be chaotic. Right? Right? And so we need to think about, okay, if I'm the cause of the chaos because of my behavior or maybe it's because of my perspective on the world, because maybe I'm looking at things through a worldly perspective, not a godly perspective. Maybe my behavior is geared to be is, is geared 
to do what, what we normally want to do and to be very selfish and self-centered. Maybe that's where my behavior is. Maybe I need to change that. Right? That can start pulling us out of chaos. But we have to be really honest with ourselves about that. And that can be painful. But if you're tired of living in chaos, you need to be, do that. We need to look at our own lives and say, hey, is the way I'm approaching life, am I approaching it on my own terms? Or, if I'm, or I'm, do I need to start looking at the boundary lines that God has set that has brought order out of chaos? Right? The other option is that, no, maybe you're doing basically what you should be doing, right? We all know that we could all do a little bit better, but, but maybe, no, you're, you're, you're handling things pretty well. Sometimes you're just in the middle of a chaotic situation that you have no control over. Sorry, that's life, right? And, and we need to at least understand that. And, and it, cause it's so hard because, well, this last week, whenever you're this family that we know that we're close to, and you get the call that someone who's 39 has died tragically in a car wreck, your life is immediately thrown into chaos. Immediately. There's nothing you can do about it. And you're, you're in that moment. And if you haven't kind of prepared yourself for that, it's going to be even harder than it is. It's going to be hard no matter what, right? But, but I think we need to be able to look at our life and say, okay, I'm experiencing chaos in my life because of things that I cannot control, right? We need to acknowledge that that's the case, and then that, we need to make sure that we turn our focus more and more upon the one who does bring control, the one who does bring peace, the one that we can hold on to when life around us is just spinning around. And that is our creator, the God who from the very beginning was entering into chaos and pushing it back. He wants to do that in our lives as well. It doesn't mean that we're going to be immune from the chaos of life. But we can handle it. We can go through it. We can make sense of it because of what God has done for us. And how does he do this? I love the transition so you have this wonderful picture of, of, of chaos, but now God has entered into the chaos, right? And his spirit is hovering over the waters. He's starting to interact. He, he's, he's not uh, out, outside of time and creation at this point. Now he's in the middle of it. He has entered into the chaos. And the first thing that he does in order to combat chaos, what does he create? Light. He entered into the darkness of the waters and he brought about light. What does light do in the midst of darkness? It immediately helps you to get your bearings. Right? If you're ever in a, in, a, in a dark place, you know exactly what I mean. Right? Darkness can be very overwhelming. But just a little bit of light and you can start seeing shadows and you can start seeing, okay, there's things that I need to avoid over here. Or here's a path that I can start to go down. Just a little bit of light changes your complete perspective on darkness. And the, the first thing that God does in order to combat chaos is he starts to introduce light. And he says, 
there is light that overcomes the darkness, right? And it's interesting that that's the, the first kind of day that we see. The first thing that God does is he, he brings about that light. And if you think, look uh, way ahead at John chapter 1, who in its own way is kind of this creation narrative, whenever it's talking about uh, the Word was with God and the Word was God, and he says, and, uh, and, and there was light and the darkness has not overcome it. That God himself, as he entered into the chaos of the world, he brought light to the world. Listen, when you're experiencing chaos, when your life is spinning out of control, it is God who brings an end to chaos. It's God who helps us to be able to find our way through because he brings light. And he brings a light that overcomes the darkness of chaos. I just want to encourage you that no matter what you may be going through, no matter what the challenges that you face are, no matter how chaotic life is for you, that we have a God who has overcome the chaos. And he began that way. It's one of the first characteristics we see of God is that God brings order, he brings purpose, he brings meaning out of a chaotic world. And he does that for your life. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.